Assalamu alaikum, welcome to another episode of the Dadhood Podcast So, I just wanted to take this opportunity to first of all shout out uh, to a sister called Amal who follows me on Instagram She gave me the suggestion to get Jibreel on this podcast and that's who my guest is, Jibreel Hanzo um, And it was a really good podcast so thank you for that suggestion the other thing I wanted to mention is that this was done over an Instagram live. Um, and so sometimes we do go live with our episodes. And if you want to join in live and get some of your comments or your questions in, then make sure you follow me on Instagram, which is at Shoaib Muhammad. Um, and you'll find the link in the description to follow me. Um, and also that is why maybe the quality isn't as clear as some of our uh, other episodes is because this was ripped straight from the Instagram live. There were a lot of technical difficulties trying to get this episode done, but I appreciate Brother Jubil's time. He was really patient with me. Um, and last of all, before we go into the episode, shout out to Building Blocks uh, in Watford, which is the nursery that my children attend. If you are looking for a nursery for your children to attend um, and you live around the Hertfordshire area, then do definitely consider Building Blocks. Even if you don't live in that area, if you are thinking about where to send your children to nursery, you want to understand better the nursery process, then give them a follow on Instagram. There's a lot of good content on there that they share. Um, and if you message them, you call them, you reach out to them, they'll be happy to hear from you and put you into the right direction. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Inshallah, what we usually start with Jibreel is after you've introduced yourself, the first question is, how old were you when you became a dad? And how many children do you have? Okay, Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, Salatu Wassalam, Rasulillah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. My name is Jibril. Um, my name before Islam was Ryan. And um, I became a dad at uh, 23. Okay, Alhamdulillah. How many children do you have? Four. Four children, MashaAllah. So that was... That's relatively um, early, I would say early 20s is, is when, you, when you became a father. And alhamdulillah, in that time, you've now uh, got four children. So do you want to just take me back to when you first became a dad? What was that like? Um, it was... So I remember, I remember feeling um, a level of disconnect from mm. from from my first child uh from from my first child um when she was born and um i felt like i i felt like um i didn't deserve to have it was weird i remember a feeling of not deserving basically i can't remember why or what it was around um but I wouldn't allow myself to be overly happy. I wouldn't allow myself to be overly excited. I had a very sort of like cool, calm and composed, like just approach to, to it at the beginning. And then after just a few months, um, just everything changed, man. Like very, very close. I remember taking the lead on many things when it came to changing her and, taking her out and just slowly but surely just the bond develops out i wasn't one of those dads where it's like i'm i'm so in love with my daughter immediately straight off the bat it it, it took her maybe just just a few months and then i was fully involved okay and it never stopped what, what? after that yeah so it's carried on since then carried on 
alhamdulillah that's good to see it's good to know so did you did you always have this expectation that you're gonna be like uh an involved dad uh, did, you, did you have that in your mind like yeah when i have kids that's it like that that's gonna be my life yeah yeah i i, I always felt that eventually um like i would be very much involved it was like inevitable um my dad and i think a lot of that comes from the fact that my dad was very present in me and my brothers me and my twin brothers life lives okay. uh, because when my mum and dad um separated when they broke up we was very young but my dad raised us mm. and usually the boys they are raised with the mum do you know what i mean yeah yeah when there's a relationship breakdown, the, the, the child very, very often stays with the mum. But uh, yeah, yeah, I was with me and my brother was with our dad and mm. he took pride in that. And I, I think that that's probably subconsciously why I am how I am with my daughters as well. Very much involved um, and yeah, very present. OK, so uh, you said with your daughters, you got four daughters. Three daughters and one son. Mashallah. Is the youngest one the son? Yeah. <laughs> so it must have been like, uh, you know, one, two, three, you know, what's going to happen now? And then alhamdulillah, it, it was a boy. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> trust me. Definitely that. <laughs> um, you've gone on uh, Freshly Grounded before. You talked about becoming a single dad. Is that still the case now? Are you still a single dad or uh, are you married? I've never been a single dad. Um, I think that that's the, that's the way that they, that they put in the title. Right, right. I, I'm, I've, I've never been a single parent. I don't know what that, what that struggle is like. Um, I don't know what that experience is like. Yes, there's a lot of... When Samaya and I as... Me, me, when me and Samaya, when me and Samaya and Aya's mum divorced, I spent a lot of time yeah. with them still. So I was with them all the time. Do you understand what right. I'm saying? All the time. Yeah. And um, but to say single parent is is a bit different. I was always able to go to, I was always able to go to um, to work. I didn't have to make any sacrifices in that sense. I didn't have to do the school run all the time, although I did do the school run. On on, yeah. on 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 occasions when they were staying with me and stuff during the week if I wasn't working, um, but yeah, man, it's just yeah. Okay, alhamdulillah. So so there was a there was a bit of misinformation in that one. So slightly, yeah, yeah, yeah quite. Yeah. Okay. Would you would you mind um, maybe just telling us the experience of? Uh, dealing with that situation of kind of not having the the the, the relationship that you usually have with the mother so the obviously the ratio is slightly different and how that how that felt like being a father to your children were there any difficulties involved in that were there any hurdles you had to get around because the reason i'm asking that is because there's there's a lot of people that reach out and say that okay on your podcast you've interviewed a lot of fathers that are very involved in their children's lives and they've always had that kind of like a full family support system around them uh but there's so many people that go through different types of family breakups different types of divorces and that's never really explored obviously if that's something that you're comfortable with you can give us a bit of an insight on how that was 
Um, yeah, so I remember, bro. I remember quite vividly, actually. Um, I remember the first time I was I was picking them up and going out with them, not as an entire family unit. And it was a heartbreaking feeling. It was a it was a heavy it was a heavy feeling. It, there there was a there was a split moment of um, this isn't going to be enjoyable or do I want to do this or it felt burdensome for a very very short moment. When I say when I say very short moment, I'm talking like a couple of seconds in my in my, in, my, in my heart and mind because it's just me with them. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not the whole enjoyment the family the family unit and um and i i i'm i believe in i believe in human choice and i believe in the power of the mind i believe this when it comes to matters such as depression i believe it in matters of anxiety i believe it in many areas i feel like we have a choice i do believe that and and in that moment I said to myself, I choose to enjoy being with my kids regardless, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the situation. They're mine. I, and I owe a loyalty to them. Do you understand? I, have a, I owe a loyalty to them. I know they love me. I love them. So regardless of the situation, we're going to push forward and everything's going to be blessed. And I'm telling you, bro, this was like a, an overall 15-second feeling, that feeling that I described to you then a reflection and then we kept it moving and we had a beautiful day, a beautiful time. And that, that was it. Like they was with me all the time. Any free time I had, I felt like it belonged to them. Like I owed it, like it, it's, that's theirs, you know? So that's always what it's been. That's always what it's been. If I'm working throughout the week and then the weekend approaches, that weekend really and truly belongs to them. I'll never try and, uh, part them off or not have them if i'm doing something even with my companions samaya and aya will be with me so say for example yeah, yeah. me and my companions are doing something on the weekend we're going out to eat or whatever samaya and aya will be with, with will be with me and that's and that's and that's nice because chef abu Ubaid, who i'm pretty sure you're familiar with like he, yeah. he, he gave this advice once and he's, he, he he encouraged fathers to bring their daughters around their companions so that they have an opportunity to be around Muslim men whilst they're young, do you understand? Yeah. And at, before yeah. they before they reach an, and to have a, a relationship with their uncles before they reach an age where they can't do that. So like my, Samaya and I are like part of one truth. Do you know what I mean? Like they're part of our they're part of our group. Like they that they've grown up like in FIFA tournaments in hotel bookings and, <laughs> and yeah, like literally, bro. Like FIFA when we were doing FIFA tournaments and we booked our hotel. They would, they, they, they would be in there. Just <laughs> what I'm saying. Like they seen it all, bro. They seen it all, man. Washallah, that's that. That's so cool, man. Um, first of all, Zakhlaqia for sharing that and, and letting us know how that feeling was and the principle that you have in terms of how you, how you, how you move on with maybe difficult situations in your life. And I think, I think those who can relate, I can't obviously relate to that situation, but those who can, inshallah, they can take some advice from that. But it's amazing to see that uh, that that piece of advice that you got from Sheikh Abu Abay, that you're actually implementing that. What gives you the kind of 
um, drive to, to, to be like, I'm going to involve my children in all these different aspects of my life? Like, why, why do you want them to always be there or always see you in, in so many different uh, environments? The, re- the reason why is because there's a few things. One, as I, as I mentioned, subconsciously, it could be to do with the fact that my dad raised me and my brother as a single parent, yeah? Right. Sec- secondly, is I have a great sense of loyalty to them. Do you understand? So the idea of not seeing them and choosing to see someone else is an act of disloyalty to me. Right. Interesting. So if, mm. if so if, yeah, that's as simple as that. My companions, uh, uh, anyone, anyone could be a woman, could be flipping anything. It doesn't matter. Like if I choose to not see them when I can see them or should see them to be with someone else. That's an act of disloyalty to them. Um, and also, I enjoy being with them. <laughs> Do you understand? So it's it's not it's not a hindrance. It's yeah. not, it's not a hindrance to me. Like they are very easy for me to manage and to take them out. They're they're not they're not difficult in that sense. My companions are very much familiar with them. It's just, it's just very, it just comes naturally to me, bro. I'll be honest with you. That's where the drive yeah. comes from. And, and also, do you know what? It's a, good, it's a good thing you mentioned that. The other reason as well, which is a, a much more conscious thing, is the fact that their mum isn't, uh, isn't in Islam like that. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, sure, sure. And, and so where I go and what I do with them, they're either going to be around Muslims <laughs> or, yeah. or be in Islamic places. It's just simple. Yeah. And, and, even, and even forget being around Muslims aside, their dad is a Muslim. So they're with their dad and their dad is a Muslim. So they, they will pray with me. They, they will watch me pray. So the, on, on that level, that's a more conscious reason why I'm also happy and eager to have them with me. Okay, that's that's clear. Um, the time that you're you're spending with so there's time that you you get a chance to spend with them, and there's obviously time in the week that you're not spending with them, and maybe they're with their mother. And I've had this question before, which obviously I can't answer because I don't have the experience. But how do you and their mum maintain a level of um? Tarbiya for the children And I, I don't mean strictly spiritually Because you've already mentioned that Maybe their mum isn't on a similar level to yourself In terms of the outlook on practicing Islam But tarbiya holistically Like w- how do you guys How are you able to kind of balance that To ensure that maybe the characteristics that they have Or the types of hobbies that they're involved in There's there's like a, a, a consistency when they see you And when they go over to, to their mum Well it's a battle it's a it's, mm. it's it's a it's a battle. It's a battle between the two worlds that 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 they experience and that and that they live. Because at home, at their home, it's a completely different world. Right. Um. And and, and I mean, I can't go into the specifics, but I mean, like, no, of course, it's it's re- it's really a different world. Do you understand? So it's a battle between myself and my influence and their mum and her influence. Sure, sure. And so, um, yeah, it's completely different. And so, it, it's it's not an aggressive battle. It's just a silent battle. It's just a, it's what it's what it is. Like she has her way yeah. of living, her lifestyle, and then I have my own. And then Sumeya and I observe both, 
And I think that it's important for me to make sure that I do a good job of reflecting Islam in a good way and that they see the, the barakah of, of practicing Islam and being a Muslim as, as, opposed to, as opposed to the other side, you know. So um, in terms of tarbiyah, they're not getting tarbiyah at, at, at their home. They don't get tarbiyah. Yeah. That's the reality of the matter. Um, um, but with me, they they go to madrasa. Um, they pray with me. I teach them Quran. Sometimes they wear their little jilbabs with me. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I very recently, like over the last few weeks, I've been after praying. I will read them, or I will. So, for example, one one of the things I did was I narrated to them after reciting Surah Buruj, the story yeah. of the boy and the king. Then right. I read Surah Yusuf, and then not the whole thing because it's hard to make kids sit through a hundred and four ayah surah. Um, but I I I had read it myself, like I think maybe the day before, so it was like quite fresh in my yeah. mind. And then I allowed the Quran to play certain parts, and then I would explain, and then skip few a uh, few ayat, and then. Sure, sure, sure. Understand. And so I'll do things like that with them, you know. Okay, that's beautiful, man. Um, I want to pick up uh, on this and some of the other things that you do, but I just remember the point that you said that Sheikh Abu Abid gave you this advice to keep 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 your daughters in the company of some of your friends, or like you you say, mashallah, very eloquent words, companions. Um, so what? What benefit is Sheikh Abu Ubaid trying to get out of that? And what benefit are you seeing from that? I think the benefit that he's trying to that he's he's trying to get out of encouraging fathers to do this is because Muslim women don't get the opportunity to bond with Muslim men. Right. Yeah? Except for their cousins and their, their, their relatives. As, as opposed to, there's more to the ummah than just your family. There's a, there's a wider as, aspect of, of, of the ummah. And sure. especially women also, there can be, in today's time, a very pessimistic and mis mistrusting of men as well. Yeah. You understand? So, if they've grown up around, imagine being a young, imagine being a young girl and you've grown up around good Muslim men. You've seen the way yeah. they interact with each other. You've seen what they do. It just, it just widens. I think it just widens a sense of just love and compassion towards Muslims. You know. Yeah. Because yeah. the time's going to come when and and look at look at Sumeya and I's circumstances. For example, they don't have many Muslim cousins. On their mum's side, right. they don't have any Muslim relatives. Their dad's a revert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so fortunately, they do have some cousins from my, from my brother, from my twin. Yeah. But that's all they have. So it, it's good for them to be around the Muslims and to be around their uncles and things of that nature. And for their uncles to show them love. Yeah. For, for strangers, people who aren't family, to show them love. Because they do show them love. And I think maybe even Sheikh Abu Bay might have even mentioned about about that. You know, they play with my friends and you know mm. and, and, and this, that and the other. And it's just yeah, I think that's lit, man. Honestly. Like <laughs> I much prefer that then for my daughters to not ever really have any engagement with Muslim men. 
Yeah. It's, it's sort of just modeling, I guess, that the behavior that they should expect from Muslim men as they get older. And uh, to just know softening that. Softening the heart, bro. Softening the heart. Yeah. Towards them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that, that's beautiful. So uh, the reason I thought about that is because. Because then you started talking about some of the things that you do when it comes to tarbiyah with your daughters, and there must be a huge part of that tarbiyah when it comes to seeing just how you behave around your own companions, and they they get to observe that. Because some of the things that I try to do with with my children and my friends is to, whenever my friends come over, is to make sure my kids are still around and they see me speaking with my friends. We're sitting down and what are we speaking about? A lot of the times it's good conversation. It's not bad conversation. There's no swearing involved. There's no foul language. There's no lewdness. There's not none of that. It's, you know, all, all the conversations are always centered around the dean or it's just chilled. It's just chilled out conversation. And the kids get to grow up and get to see that, okay, this is how Muslims, practicing Muslims get to, uh, you know, talk to each other and how they socialize with each other. And I'm sure that for your daughters, them being in the environment is that's a huge amount of tarbiyah that's so indirect of what they see you and you, you and your companions doing. Yeah, so <clears throat> that's one element of it. But the other the other element of it is 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 it, it's a sign of love. Like you know mm. you know if you are going out to do something, yeah, yeah. with your friends, mm. and you and you take your kids with you. Yeah, that tells them in my mind that you're telling your kids that I'm not putting anyone over you. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't like. Yeah. I don't need. I don't need to. I don't need to leave you to go and see them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like you're you're with me. You're my you're my friends as well. Do you understand what I'm saying? That that's what you mean by the whole loyalty thing, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like because mm. because on the other side, maybe they might experience it quite often, where maybe their mum, when she goes out, she can't take them with them or won't take them take her with them. They yeah. could, they could they could possibly experience that, and so and so they would know that you chose to to, to be somewhere else than to be with us. Do you know what I mean? So on mm. my on, on 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 my side, like. I like for them to know that regardless of my friends or not, you you come with. And that's what it is. Mashallah, that's so interesting, man. How old is uh, are your daughters? Sumeya is going to be 10 in a, in a month. Uh, yeah. Aya's just turned seven. Juwadia is three and a half. And uh, almost four. Uh, yeah, three and a half. And Zubair is um, just under a year. Subhanallah. What's, what's the experience like having, uh, first of all, your, you said to me as 10, so approaching sort of the teenage years, what's that like? <sighs> Sumeya used, used to be my baby, man. Do you know what I'm saying? Sumeya <laughs> used, used to be my baby. She's not my baby anymore, man. It's so peak. <laughs> it's so peak, bro. I'm telling you, man. Um, you know, I'm asking this because uh, my kids are younger. My, my my boy is four. And my daughter is two, and uh, I just want to be prepared. You know, I want to <laughs> let listen, man. It's peak, but it's it's cool at the same. It's all right, like do you know what I'm saying. But 
bro, like, because because I'm very affectionate. Yes, I'm very affectionate. I'm one of those dads, so I'm always hugging them and always like always hugging them and always kissing them, and always telling Hashem, them man. I love them and stuff like that. I'm I'm like that. Um, so when she doesn't want to hug me like that, <laughs> and, I, and and when I ask her for and when I ask her for or when she greets me, she doesn't greet me properly like with full eye contact or a hug. She's very casual about things, you know. Um, yeah. Um, or when I ask her to give me a kiss, like she will kiss me like here or here or here. <laughs> like I'm, or I'm not interested in like kiss me properly. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like we used to do. And like it's funny because when I pick her up from school and stuff, like her friends will say, uh, "Are you famous? Are you famous? Because you, you're on YouTube. You're on YouTube and stuff like that." Yeah. Little things like that. Maybe I have, she mentioned it to them or something like that or whatever. And then she gets all shy and stuff, and then, I, and then I, I'm eager to show her love and affection in front of her students, her classmates, because um, um, I want them to know that she's that she's uh, like loved. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And and she'll be all shy, but that's normal. That's normal, I guess. But yeah, she's not my little girl anymore. Aya, she's still my little baby. I is still my little baby. She's still in that very cute phase. Always wants to hug me, wants to lay with me, wants to go out with me. Yeah, I is just lit. But Sumeya, she's she's reached that that new stage now. She's always interested in what can I buy her. <laughs> oh no! Oh man, I'm gonna have to get to that stage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Subhanallah. And then so so with um uh sorry, what was your son's name? Zubair. So bear, so he's he's like pretty much newborn stage. Uh, how's that been like with three others uh, dealing with a newborn? I guess I guess in one way it's like um, the three aren't always around together at the same time, right? Because yeah, it's calm. It's calm, man. They they love their little brother. All of the sisters love their little brother. They're very good with him. Um, and and his mum is 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 uh very much on point and very loving and caring and stuff. So it's all good to be honest with you. Good. Yes. Yeah, uh, so uh, one sister just said, uh, "Show if you show love to your daughters, then uh, they won't. From as a man, as a as a father, you show love to your daughters. They won't seek it elsewhere." I guess in, she means in the wrong ways. Uh, this is this is definitely quite important. That's something I wanted to touch upon with you, given that you have three daughters, and you being like an involved father. Given you know, you said that you modelled that sort of behaviour off of your father. Um, I guess this is a two part question. Number one, how do you feel like the way that your your father? raised you has had an impact on the way that you raise your daughters and I'll, I'll ask you second part in a sec only just in the sense only just in the importance of being present that's it right the way that my dad raised me and my brother it does not apply it's like the opposite no it's not the opposite but it's it's very different to how I raised Samaya and Aya one because they're girls and we were boys okay um, so my dad wasn't always gentle and soft and loving and affectionate with us. 
like it was quite it is a disciplinarian do you understand what i'm saying and black like, <laughs> black, like typical black parents type of <laughs> um and with them i'm extremely loving and caring but it's the it's just the importance of just being present man that that's 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 the thing that that um that I, I probably got from my dad a characteristic that I got from my dad when it comes when it comes to that stuff because I think that it's difficult for some men I don't know why but it's difficult for some men once divorce has taken place for them to be with their kids um, or want to be around their kids as they should yeah you know what I mean like even one of my boys miniature like he's he's on Instagram and stuff and he was talking on his Instagram about how there's it's not uncommon for men to pick up their kids yeah from their from their children from their children's mum's house i don't like the term baby mama so from their ex's house and then they take the kids to their grandparents and then they leave the kid at the grandparents and they go and do their own I thing yeah like and, and i've heard of things like this before but i didn't know it was that common enough that one should make a a comment about a poster by it do you know right. what i mean like right. that it really is a thing where men are picking their kids up and then they're leaving them with the grandparents and then going out and doing their own thing that's crazy to me do you know what i'm saying so yeah just just pre what, what's that saying presence over presence yeah presence <laughs> over presence that's a great it's definitely that's a, it's so important so that it's like a huge amount of benefits just being involved in your children's life for your children but even even just for yourself man it it, it fills up it, it it fills you up with so much um, gratitude, with a lot of sense of accomplishment, with uh, just so many. And yes, of course, it's stressful. The stress is there of being able to raise children and the antics that they go through. But there's a big part that if you have children, you're just not there. You're missing out so much that could add value to your life. Um, you know, putting aside the value that will add to your children, the responsibility that you have to them, which is which is known and, and you're just ignoring that, but you're also missing out a huge part in your own life. Uh, so my, my second part to the previous question uh, was, okay, now there's an understanding of how maybe your, your father raised you and, and you know, the, the, maybe the type of impact it has on your daughters. So then what, what sort of vision do you have for yourself as a father when it comes to your daughters? Like, do you feel like you, you, have to operate in a particular way in order to get an outcome for this perceived outcome that you want for your daughters or um what what's your sort of methodology or your vision as a father essentially bro i could be it's a bit too late in the day for these uh <laughs> I, I could i could be doing i could be doing a lot better when it comes to how i race um Samaya and Aya. You know, yeah. I could be much more organized, much more scheduled. You know, the good things that I do with them, they're not routine. They're not, I, maybe I'm being hard on myself or maybe I'm just being a realist. Like they, they could be much more scheduled and much more well organized. You know what I mean? Sure. As opposed to, yeah. as, as, as opposed to okay, so may I, um, I need to teach you this, this, and then we sit down and we'll do a couple of weeks learning certain things and then we won't learn anything for a number of weeks and then it'll be like okay so man, i need to show you how to do this and then i and now i need to teach you how to do that 
or I'm going to give you this, I'm going to, you know, I just say, come sit down in front of me. I have everyone sit down in front of me and then I'll narrate the story of the boy, the king or story of Yusuf or, what, or whatever else incident that took place that, that's mentioned. So I don't feel like I'm doing a fantastic job when it comes to raising them. But I am trying, do you know what I mean? And the intention is there. Um, I just feel like, I feel like I could be doing a lot better. But my, my ethos ultimately is love, compassion, um, um, letting them feel like the, the, the Islamic kind of, the, the significance of Islam in their lives and how Allah's blessed me as well. So I remind them about that. I like to remind them about Jannah. I like to tell them that, you know, I want them to be, I want them to be in Jannah and understand that we'll be in paradise for eternity. And then answering their, their crazy questions and stuff like that. Is there <laughs> going to be such and such in Jannah and whatever the case may be? Like, yeah, it's just, it's just trying to just, the Tarabiyah just comes from wanting them or helping them realise that they, that there's a, a sense of gratitude to Allah and that Allah is responsible for every single thing that they have and 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 love and that Allah is at the forefront of that. And then okay. and then and then it's difficult as well, you know, because like you see how you see how I was saying about reciting the Quran and then telling them stuff about it. Like you see Aya, yeah? She's very um when when I observe my children, I is one of the, the ones who I I imagine will be the most um will be the closest to Allah. Um she's got some very, very good like she's got a very some very special like qualities about about her and that, that people have noticed this, like my companions have noticed this about her from young. And to mention some of them because Alhamdulillah, she's not here, so we can praise her and say some things that she does and help people understand. From amongst them is like, let's say we was at the park one time, and there was a whole bunch of aunties with their kids playing in another part of the park. And she saw them and she said, Daddy, I, um, I want to give salams to them. So she, mm -hmm. bearing in mind, she would have been about four or five. Yeah, so she said she wanted to give salams to them. So she's, she's like, can you can you take me over there? I, no, I said, go, go and give them salams then. And then she was like, um, can you take me over there because I'm shy? So I was yeah. like, okay, cool. So then I walked over to these aunties and I said, salam alaykum. Sorry, my daughter wanted to say something. And she said, salam alaykum, all like that. And then they was like, oh, and then, you know, they wanted to give her some things and this, that and the other. So this is a young child, yeah. only four or five years old who wants to go out of her way to go and give salams to a, a, a bunch of women. You know? And then another time, yeah. there was a, a lady on the street and then she asked me for something, change. I didn't have any change. And then as, as we walk in further away, she, Aya says, um, Dad, why don't we give her food? Yeah. You know? So then, yeah. obviously, I'm like, well, my daughter can't say something like that to me and then I just make an excuse. Let's go and do that. Eh? Is that what I'm saying? Like, you can't do of that. Of course. Exactly. So it's like, okay, khalas. so then I'm like, go and ask her then. So I said, go, go and ask her what she wants because I, I wanted to test her to see how sincere she is about really wanting to do this. Right. Do you want to do it enough right. that you're actually going to go and ask her what she wants? So she went yeah. and asked her what she wanted and then we went and get, got the things and you could see she was so like 
happy to go and find the stuff that she was asking for and then give it to her. I've actually got a video of this as well, actually, the moment when oh, she's yeah. got the badge and she that. gives it to the lady. It's the cutest thing. So back to the point, she, when I was reciting Quran and I was describing, mm-hmm. I think it might have been Surah Waqiya that I was reciting, yeah? And the part about the hellfire came up. And then I started crying. SubhanAllah. And then I was like, I was like, what's wrong, baby? And she's like, um, I don't want to say like in front of everybody. And I said, okay, let's go yeah. to the, let's go to one of the one of the rooms. And then we went to one of the rooms and I was like, baby, what's wrong? And she was like, Oh, you know, um, I don't want my mummy to go to the to the to the hellfire. Ah, subhanallah. So because she knows that her mum is not you know, in I don't even I'm not even I, I to be careful. Obviously, when you saying certain things, but I don't think sure, she sure. is. Um, and Allah knows best. Um, it, it's hard. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a lot of it's a lot of balancing. But I, the 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 cost of her feeling that way is is worth it for her to appreciate and acknowledge the importance of Islam. And Iman. Yeah. May Allah bless her and bless all your daughters, subhanAllah. Uh, really, really beautiful qualities there. And, um, you know, hopefully people who listen to this make dua for um, Jibreel's daughters, first of all. And and secondly, you know, inshallah, you can take some inspiration for your own children in terms of the types of um, maybe looking out for the qualities they have, you know, and uh, exposing those and, and developing those and nurturing those through your tarbiyah. And that's actually just something I wanted to uh, move over to. I know we've got Maghrib in a little bit, so we'll start wrapping it up. Um, so I guess last two questions in my mind. One is, what tips can you give to fathers who have daughters in terms of like nurturing them and uh, being there for them? Because you're obviously very involved and at the same time, you're doing as much as you can, even though you can't be around all of your daughters all of the time. So it'd be good to hear from yourself what type of things that you could advise other fathers. Yeah, and I advise, I advise brothers to um, have fun with your, with your children. You know, I wish I, I hope I'd, I hope I've memorized it, but I haven't made an attempt to memorize it. So I'm gonna try because, yeah. you know, Ali radiallahu an he gave advice when it comes to raising children. I saw this the other day, and yeah. and they, yeah. they come in seven. They come in sevens: zero to seven years, yeah. seven to fourteen, then fourteen to twenty-one. It was a real. Have you seen yeah. it? You look like you. See. I've I've seen this. I've seen the saying. Yeah, yeah. I've read it. So from zero to seven, just play with them. It's all about yeah. playing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Have fun with them, play with them. Then seven to fourteen, teach them that I think is like about teaching them the fundamentals of the deen. Um, like uh, teaching them the, the the you know the fundamentals and that tarbiyah. Yeah. And then fourteen to twenty-one, be their friend. Mm-hmm. Be friends with them. Yeah. You know. So, you know, depending on how old your child is. You know, follow that advice, but always try to. You know, one of the things that's let me down, man, is 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 when it comes to teaching, is allowing my frustration to get the better of me when I'm trying to teach them. You know, in, in, important important things. Um, yeah. And you 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 can't you can't allow your frustration to get the better of you because then they will associate that with the dean. You know, so I know yeah. you really want them yeah. to know this thing, or you've gone over it a million times, and they're still you feel like they're wasting your time. They're not paying attention. You have to have sabr in it because you don't ever want to make something Islam related 
uh, a means of displeasure to them. Yeah. You know, um, and then, of course, for women, for young girls, they just need a lot of love and compassion. Never be shy to tell them you love them. But you know what? I think that our generation, I think, are much better with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think we're uh, we have, uh, I guess, a bit more. I don't want to say we have a bit more softness. I don't think that's the right word. I think we're just uh, we live in a society where maybe expressing your emotions in that kind of way are more, is more normalized. And it's not like our our parents or their generation weren't soft. It's just that that's just it just wasn't the done thing. And I guess. Uh, Got that kind of trickled through. Yeah, well, I know some cultures they're a bit like that, but <laughs> fortunately for my side, I don't have anything like that. There's nothing holding me back. <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah. I mean, you know, literally today I was sharing the hadith um, to 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 some students that I teach about when uh, a man came to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he saw him kissing his grandchildren and he said, you know, I have. I have something like ten grandchildren. I've never kissed any one of them, and the Prophet said, "Well, what what can what can we do if Allah has taken the mercy from 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 your heart?" So uh, this is very very important to be affectionate to your children and not to just kind of have this macho attitude because that's how it should be. Masculinity should seem is to have this kind of macho attitude, especially when it comes to your daughter. That's some fake masculinity, bro. Allahi man, I'm telling you, man, like. I- like in certain cultures I know like I've sat down and this uncle's a very very good uncle by the way yeah Asian uncle very certified yeah his son and and that's evidenced by his sons because his sons are top certified as well and Mm. we were sitting down in a gathering and the subjects came up about about changing nappies in it yeah because I think it was mentioned in in the group we was discussing it in the group in our one truth group and then yeah and then at the table it came up because obviously I'm saying that I changed my children's nappy in it. Do you understand what I'm saying? And reverts, right. we're kind of yeah. like that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like we don't have these cultural things that are, oh, a man yeah. shouldn't do this and this, that and you have a rare, rare, rare. So the uncle yeah. was like, you changed your nappies? And I was like, yeah. And he, and he was like, I've never changed my my son's nappies once. I was like, okay, so what are you saying? What, you never spent time alone with your kids? Like you, ne- <laughs> you, you never, you never was with them by yourself. And he's like, yeah. So I said, okay, cool. So what used to happen when they, you, they needed their nappies changed? <laughs> You know what he said? He said they have an auntie or something like that. There was a female relative that lived a short distance away. No way. I used to go and get them in the car <laughs> and I would take them to her to change their nappy. That's what he said. Yeah, he's mad. <laughs> and, and I just can't get with that. I can't get behind that, man. I can't get behind that, bro. I can't get behind that. A man should be able to... It should not affect your manliness in any way whatsoever to do any type of thing like that. Anything around the house, anything to do with the kids, pushing prams, changing nappies, tidying up the house. None of it should diminish your man. I think it's manly. I think if a man can do that and he feels very comfortable within himself, that's a manly trait. I think so as well. Honestly, I think think that too, bro. It's it's, it's like, it's only when you're, you know, it's only an issue when you're forcing yourself to do it it, when you feel like 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 you know you're doing it you're doing it because you feel like you need to put across this image it's like no just do it naturally because that's just your children that's just what you do if you if you do it and you even if you do it and you feel away in your heart like this isn't a masculine thing that means that you you're lacking in some masculinity yeah 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 i agree and if you and if you um 
do it for the sake of image, then again, anything other than you're just naturally doing it because it's normal, then yeah. that, that's a sign yeah. that you have some issues with, with your masculinity, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, mm. but then, you know, um, it is what it is. They could be masculine. I will, um, definitely, alhamdulillah. I think, you know, the whole masculinity topic is something is a crazy topic right now. A lot of people are talking about it and things are just going up in the air, man. Um, and I just hope that, like, so, okay, it's good that you asked this. Now I'm going to have to go down that, that rabbit hole. I don't want to go for too long because of Maghrib, but, okay, look. Uh, one, the, the one way that I look at it is the more that we talk about masculinity and trying to define it and trying to box it up, the worse the situation gets, right? That's that's one way that I look at it. Because did did did, you know, previous generations have to be taught exactly what it is to be a man exactly what it is to be a woman no it was something that they naturally connected into their fitra their fitra would guide them on how to be a man and how to be a woman and now when you start boxing things up yeah, and the society as well though to be fair and the society and definitely now, now no, society no, no. doesn't do that so it's a bit yes 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 exactly and so so that's like the other side of it is okay if society is telling you, you you're not a man if you do this you're not a woman if you do this or you're only a man when you do this and you're only a woman when you do this, then maybe it does require some boxing up. Maybe it does require defining it a bit. Maybe it does require having that conversation. But I think there's, there's a balance that needs to be struck because if you, if you make things too black and white, then the other reaction will always come about. If you say that, okay, this, if you do all of this, that's masculinity, then the reaction on the other side is going to come and, uh, and vice versa. So I think I think the conversations have to be careful and I think they obviously need to be guided beyond just people's thoughts and opinions. There needs to be, you know, connecting back to wahi and things like that to make sure that it's it's a proper conversation. 100%. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs> Which one is that? Sumeya? That's your radio. Um, yeah, no, because I, I, I think that um, I think that it's needed to an extent. I feel like um, men need to be reminded, and I think that men benefit even from people like Andrew Tate. Even. Mm. I think that men have True. benefited in, in some ways from him. Yeah. Um, yeah. As long as you're sensible enough to, to take out the rubbish and know what, when he's joking yeah. and what's, what's rubbish and, and what we can take as a Muslim. Um, but yeah. at the same time, it's not complicated, and that's one of the things that I think is a problem with, like, like what, alluding to what you're mentioning about talking so much about it, is yeah. that it makes yeah. it seem more complicated than what it is. The example of a man, all you need to do is just look at the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and his companions. It's that easy. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it really, yeah. it really is that easy. <laughs> so if you, so if you, if you've got, if you've got, yeah, a permissible income. A halal income, yeah. Whether it's a little, whether it's a lot, this is one part of your, and you're doing what you can do to the best of your ability. This is one big part of man manliness that you yeah. have ticked the Andrew. box with. So Andrew might 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 damage that concept by talking about brokies and um, talking right. about jobs and this, that, and the other. That's damaging because it will yeah, yeah, yeah. a man who's and it can make people step out of their lane. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm. When people step out of their lane, they get slapped. Do you know what I'm saying? So it can make <laughs> you be something that you're not and you end up getting into trouble because you feel like you need to have mm. more than what you... So when I say you step out of your lane, you get slapped, trying to go for haram income or trying to get quick money. 
that's stepping out of your lane when you're already in your mind you're already someone who's principled enough when it comes to how money and risk is earned so it's not in regards to richness like what man from our time is more manly than i'm not even going to say the prophet we know he lived in relative poverty who who in our time yeah is more of a man than ali radiallahu anhu please name one <laughs> please please name a man <laughs> name a man that exists in today's time that's more of a man than ali radiallahu anhu there isn't one can't find nothing it's impossible impossible it's impossible was he a rich man somebody just said umar we're saying in our time like he, like yes yeah, yeah sorry yeah so in our time in our time there's no one yeah was ali rich or was he a brokey Yeah, yeah. He lived in poverty. Yeah. Now, now Abu Bakr, he was a man and he had wealth. Uthman yeah. was a man and he had wealth. So this rich yeah. poor thing's got nothing to do with whether you are a man or not. Mm. Do you understand what I'm mm. saying? It's got nothing. That's to a very, do with it's it. a very good way of looking at. So, very so, good. so when 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 you have a connection to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and his companions, you don't get caught. You don't get. You don't drown in this ocean of what's masculinity and the storm. You know, yeah. it's very simple, bro. You're floating on a flipping dinghy, a lifeboat, whilst all these waves are crashing. Because it's as simple as what the the Sahaba and what the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam were on. Um, then other aspects of it. So that's a money side of it, which is a big part of it that they like to talk about so much. Like, um, what do they call it? High value and this, that, and the other. That was completely value, yeah. debunked. That's completely debunked yeah, yeah. by the examples of the companions. And then, of course, you've got other elements of it, like honesty, integrity. Courage, mm. Mm. courage. This is part of manliness, and this is something that we have to challenge ourselves with regularly. We have to seek refuge with Allah from Al-Wahim, from from a hatred for death, like um, a clinging to this dunya and a hatred for death. This is something the Prophet yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasallam, said that would be the case with the men of our time. Mm. They would have Al-Wahim, and um, we have to put ourselves in positions to challenge these things. By getting involved yeah, in jujitsu, for example, by getting involved in boxing, mm-hmm. by doing training, because the more you equip yourself with tools to defend yourself, yeah, then you are then you are giving yourself a greater chance to remove cowardice from yourself. I don't, yeah. I don't do jujitsu yeah. because I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm this courageous individual. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, like, alhamdulillah, yeah. I'm, sure I'm a coward, but at the same time, I don't do it because I'm this very courageous person. I do it because I know. That the more I learn in terms of being able to defend myself and being able to inflict harm yeah. on other people, to, to, to be fair, it, it reduces yeah. my chances of being a coward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very good point, man. That's a very good way of looking at it. Yeah, because you you can be you can have no skills, no nothing, not even be fit or strong, and just not be a coward and just be ready to just try anything. But yeah, you know, and and, and that's good that if you've got that innately within yourself, because some people have got innate qualities. Yes. Some people are charitable, some people are truthful, some people are loyal, some people are brave. Mm. Some of these things they're innate. So you you might not be innately brave. You might not be innately courageous. So if you're not those things, just put yourself in places so that you can nurture it, so you can develop mm. it. So a man has to always check himself and know where he's strong and where he's weak, and 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 and, and work in those areas. But anyways, man, as you say, Maghrib and stuff, and I'm 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 running on. We're talking about kids. <laughs> nah, this uh, this is it's really really good point. Everything that you're saying, yeah, it's 
this exists across time and culture. It's it's it. Uh, Islam perfects this, but we can find in history that men who were successfully men had these qualities and had these traits, whether they were Muslim or they were not Muslim. But obviously, Islam comes to refine it and comes to give you the highest success, which is purifying the soul through some of these qualities. Um, but yeah, uh, I think let's just wrap up on one highlight. I want you to tell us uh, when it comes to uh, an experience with your daughters. One thing that maybe even if it's the, if the past week that you can think of something that you've uh, really enjoyed. I know my highlight. I know my highlight. It's, it, and it, and it's, it's been my highlight for years. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I know it very well. I know it very well. It's it's Sumeya, and it was um, about maybe maybe um, six years ago. Maybe about six years ago. Maybe just a little longer than six years ago. And um, it was Ramadan, and um, I was praying Fajr in the living room. Yeah, Fajr was about. 4 a.m., 3 a.m., something like that. I was praying Fajr, and all of a sudden, I heard the door of the living room open. Malami wa salah, and and you know, obviously, it disturbed me slightly, unfortunately, because my sure wasn't that great, I suppose. But anyways, I heard it, and then all of a sudden, Sumeya stands right next to me, and she prays Fajr with me the entire prayer. Doesn't walk around anywhere. Wow. Doesn't nothing. She stays with me the whole time. And she prayed Fajr with me. I don't know why she why she woke up or what happened, but that's my highlight. Mashallah. That is so amazing, bro. That that is that definitely you can't you can't really top that, can you? <laughs> but it was very easy for me to answer because it was <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'll always remember that. SubhanAllah. May Allah bless you and bless all your children, bro. Zakla khair for joining me. I really, really appreciate it. Alhamdulillah, especially after all the difficulties that we had, you still uh, decided to stay around and, and give me your time. Uh, I really, really, really do appreciate your time, bro. Um, and Zakla khair, everybody, for joining. Um, you will, inshallah, find uh, the full version of this, uh, hopefully, like, edited in without any of any any technical glitches that could have happened um you'll find it on my instagram and my youtube um so just if you guys are not following just uh give it a follow it's called dadhood and shout out to there was a sister who messaged me who said to get you on basically so that's that's actually why i reached out to you so i can't even remember what the sister's name was but zakala khair a shout out to that sister and uh maybe i'll just uh, if i find her message just Drop her, thank you, inshallah. So, yeah. Barakallah feek. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh, Shaib. Akhi, can, can I say quickly, can I say quickly, bro? May Allah bless yes. you, man. I saw a video cool. of your kids when you was leaving to go work. And they was hugging yes. you and stuff. They don't want to let you go. Yeah. You've got a beautiful family, bro. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve all of you. Because there's a very challenging Ameen. time for a lot of people to maintain their marriages in this time. And so I ask Allah sincerely to preserve your marriage, preserve your, your children, Ameen. your family, because it looks like you've got a beautiful family, mashallah. Lovely. Zakla khair. Ameen. 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 All right then, my brother. Appreciate the du'as. Inshallah. 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 Inshallah.